What exactly is the SECURE Act and how is it going to affect people in retirement? Well, first of all, it affects everybody, every single person in the country. And it was a bill that passed the, the House May 27th of last year, 2019. It received complete bipartisan support, went to uh, the Senate. And with all the craziness in D.C. last year, nothing really happened until the very end. And they just tacked it on to uh, the spending bill. And so it is effective January 1st. 2020 going forward and and it had some pretty monumental changes so a lot of the retirement tax planning that that people already had laid out it needs to be reviewed again it really does just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about helping you find ways to become financially fit no matter what shape you're in now. I'm Leanne Sedell, and on today's show, we are going to discuss the SECURE Act, setting every community up for retirement enhancement, the SECURE Act. Fortunately, you don't need to panic. You just need a little guidance and uh, some shaping up. And Ed Sedell, the retirement trainer, is here to help us do just that. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne. How you doing? What a mouthful, right? Holy cow. Uh, My gosh. So I just wanted to make sure we understand what's going on with the SECURE Act. Uh, we need to be realistic and set some solid goals. And I think, uh, why don't you give us a rundown? What exactly is the SECURE Act and how is it going to affect people in retirement? Well, first of all, it affects everybody, every single person in the country. And it was a bill that passed the, the House May 27th of last year, 2019. It received complete bipartisan support, went to uh, the Senate. And with all the craziness in D.C. last year, nothing really happened until the very end, and they just tacked it on to uh, the spending bill. And so it is effective January 1st, 2020 going forward. And, and it had some pretty monumental changes. So a lot of the retirement tax planning that, that people already had laid out, it needs to be reviewed again. It really does. So this has so, both good and bad to it. And, uh, and, gonna... and some ugly, right? You know, so <laughs> the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to kind of look at it a little bit differently. You know, we're going to look at it from a tax and planning perspective and back into the SECURE Act. And I think that way it'll make a little bit more sense for everyone. Okay. So when we talk about taxes and tax planning, there's a couple magical ages. So the, the first magical age, and I'm writing this down as, as we go through because it's mm-hmm. it's uh, complicated. So the first magical age is 59 and a half. And, and what is 59 and a half? Penalty free from your accounts. 
from all your pre-tax IRA. accounts, right? Yeah. All pre-tax, right? And so prior to age 59 and a half, there's a couple exceptions and 72 T's and all that crazy stuff, but uh, you don't uh, get hit with a 10% early withdrawal penalty or excise tax. So that's the first age. The second age, the magical age used to be 70 and a half. 70 and a half. Right? Yep. And the SECURE Act added 18 months to that, and it is now age 72. So what does that age denote? That is the age in which Uncle Sam says, you have deferred your taxes long enough. It is time to pay up. Or in the words of Jerry Maguire, show me the what? Show me the money. Show me the money. That's okay. Right. Required minimum distributions. Whether you want to or not, whether you need to or not, you have to take it out. Because Uncle Sam, they, they want their tax revenue. So between 59 and a half and now 72, all right, we call that the sweet spot because there's an awful lot of planning that can be done, especially to help with the passage of the SECURE Act. Now, if you were 70 and a half, you turned 70 and a half last year, all right, then you still had to take a required minimum distribution last year. And once you start taking your, your RMD, that's what it's called, all right, you cannot stop. So once you're you're playing that game, you can't stop. You have to to play it forever. But if you didn't turn 70 and a half until this year, you no longer have to take your your RMD required minimum distribution until the age of 72. 72. Okay. So that's why and again, you know, that sweet spot 59 and a half to 72, that's really where a lot of planning can happen, but the reason I'm bringing it up again, even if you're 72 and older, there's still some things that can be done. Now, when you look at required minimum distributions and you go on the IRS website, Uncle Sam, they've shown their cards, right? There's at least two places, possibly three, I think, on the IRS website that tells you, all right, what amount you have to take out each and every year, what percentage that is. And it's roughly about 4% to start off with, but it keeps escalating. So the older you are, the more you have to take out. It's based on the balance of your pre-tax investments, December 31st of the previous year. Okay. If we're all lucky and blessed enough to live to 114, you know, you're taking out about 50%, but it starts off at about 4%. All right. And I'm using round numbers just to make the math easy for this podcast. So we, as you know, we, we have a, a client who came in, we just started working with the end of last year. She turned 70 and a half and she had $500,000 in her pre-tax investments. All right. And so, and again, I'm rounding that. But so that's roughly 4% of that is $20,000 that she had to take out. She did not want to take it out, but she had to take it out. And we just started working with her. So we're, we're asking a lot of questions and, and learning more uh, about her. And we found out that she has some pretty significant charitable inclinations. Which is really awesome. It, yeah. it is. It is. And so, and that, that plays a big part in the, the bigger scope of planning because whether you love them or you hate them, Okay, taxes are on sale right now. I mean, they just are. This is lowest they've been in decades and decades. And the sale ends December 31st, 2025. And when the GOP, when they passed this and, and it went into, um, uh, into law starting 2018, January 1st, 2018, Congress knew that two-thirds of the country were no longer going to be able to itemize. So what do I mean by that? That means the standard deduction actually increased. It more than doubled in a lot of cases. So if you were married filing jointly, the standard deduction was less than $13,000. If you're 65 and older, 
All right. It's just shy of 27,000. It's about, uh, I think this year, 26,700 and change. Okay. So that's a huge standard deduction. Now, why is that important? Because we're talking about charities and we saw firsthand, right, with Pat Poole, Families for a Cure, one of the, the, mm-hmm. the local charities that we support, their charitable contributions actually went down. And yeah, they were affected. They were affected. They did. And, and that happened all, all across the country. And, and there are reports from Forbes and the Wall Street Journal and USA Today estimates that charities were losing, this is on an annual basis, anywhere from $7 billion with a B to as much as $21 billion. And some estimates are even higher than that. So it's a lot of money. And, and the reason that the deductions are down or, or those contributions are down is because the incentive to, to make those charitable donations, yeah. everyone thinks they went away. All right. Because the standard deduction went up. Right. So one of the things that we looked at for her was, okay, how can we help her with a charitable donation and really reduce her taxes? Because when you look at pre-tax investments, because conventional financial wisdom, we've always been taught, put money away, take the tax deduction now. Okay. Because when you retire, Mm -hmm. you're not going to spend as much. You're going to be in a much lower tax bracket. And you know, what we're seeing is that's not necessarily true. And so I always say that pre-tax investments are the most expensive money you can buy. And I say it that way because you do literally have to buy it out, your retirement out of that pre-tax account. So not only do you have to pay the ordinary income, but in this particular case, so she had to pull out $20,000. So that $20,000, all right, caused her social security income to be 85 Yes, 85% of it is now taxed at her ordinary income tax rate. And for a lot of people, that also causes Medicare B, C, and D, the premiums to increase. They don't call it a tax. That's not kind. They call it a premium increase adjustment. It's a tax, folks. I mean, that's really what it is. Okay. So when we're looking at this, we know that she gives $10,000 a year to between her church and her favorite charity, which is awesome. And so what we decided to do was use what's called a qualified charitable distribution. All right. So that means that $10,000, she's not getting it and then writing a check. It's coming directly out of her IRA account and being split between her church and her charity. So she never touches it. So it doesn't count as income to her. However, here's the cool thing. It still counts for her required minimum distribution. So she's taking out $10,000 Okay, that she's being taxed on, but the other ten thousand she's not. So what did we do? We did a couple things. The first thing is, is that now her social security um, is no longer being taxed. All right, that's number one. And for a lot of folks, that also lowers or completely eliminates the Medicare premium adjustment or tax on B, C, and D. Okay, so that's that huge spike. We it's the trifecta, right? So you're being taxed otherwise. You know, she was going to be taxed on ordinary income. She was going to be taxed on her social security was now going to be taxed and Medicare B, C, and D. So she's only paying taxes on that $10,000 that she took out. But the other 10000 that came directly out of her account and went directly to the charities, again, no longer is she not being taxed, but she's no longer having to use after-tax money to pay for it. So in years past, the previous year, federal, state, and local taxes, it was costing her are you ready for this? $2,200. It was costing her $2,200 a year to donate 
that $10,000. Okay. So now that 2000 plus is going right into her pocket. So it actually increased her cash flow. All right. So these are some of the things that you really have to think about because then when you look at the SECURE Act, how does this really come into play? If all of your money is in a pre-tax environment, all right, for the rest of your life, as you pull that out, and the more you have to pull out, it's going to continue to affect your Social Security and possibly your, your Medicare. So what are the options? The options are to do Roth conversions. See, the government has shown their cards. You already know what the game plan is. It's on a couple places on their website. You know what that distribution plan is. And so you have to decide, all right, do I want to use their game plan or do I want my own? And so the there government, are options. We're not, they're not stuck. They have options. It, they do have options. All right. And the government actually changed the game plan with the SECURE Act. So this is key. Now, it used to be, and, and it still is. So if, if I were to pass away, all right, and, and left everything to you, all right, there's no tax because as my spouse, you, you own it, right? Mm-hmm. But if we now leave it to our kids, all right, it becomes an inherited IRA, and it used to be that they could stretch it out over their lifetime to mitigate the, the taxes because as they pull it out and it's ordinary income, all right, and it, it could raise all of their income. And so, now it's 10 years, correct? And, and now it's 10 years. That's right. So they, they lengthened it. So what did they do? They essentially eliminated what are called stretch IRAs. That's where you're taking it out over your lifetime. Here's another thing that they did. The SECURE Act also eliminated the generation skipping stretch IRAs. So a lot of our clients, you know, would would leave it to their grandkids. And so now if they're under the age of 21, what they can do is they can still amortize it out as if it's over their lifetime. But as soon as they hit the age of 21, they have to take it out the balance over a 10 year period from 21 to 31. Okay. Now I I don't know how many of us, you know, we all hope our kids are, are very mature, but you're leaving high five figures a year it may be even six figures a year, you know, each year for the next 10 years, depending on growth and everything else. That's too much to, to leave for, for kids and <laughs> liens, judgments and creditors. You know, they're going to be dressed really nice and drive really fancy cars. And, you know, we, we all obviously want them to be productive members of, of society. So, you know, meeting with your CPA and, and your, your attorney is so important, especially now, right? Even if you finished it in, in December 31st of last year, as soon as that law changed, you probably need to have it reviewed. And so when we're talking about Roth conversions, all right, what does that mean? So you have the ability to decide on your own timeline how and when you want to take that money. And so we, we call it tax mapping. So, you know, looking all the way back to what your taxes look like in 2017, all right, all the way out to you know the the end of 2025, and then what it would look like in 2026. Because in 2026, those tax rates it reverts back to 2017, at least the way that it is right now. So mapping out and coming up with a game plan for your Roth conversions to find it. Okay, how much do I want to take out each year? I'm still working now, so I'm going to afford to pay those taxes now. Yes, it's going to increase everything going forward. However, with uh, the RMDs and the effect on your Social Security taxes or Medicare going forward, it could possibly eliminate that. So no matter what, no matter what, Uncle Sam is getting their money. So you just have to decide how and when you want to give it to them. Do you want to use the government's game plan or do you want to use yours? And that, that's really what it comes down to. 
And, you know, we're going to, the next episode, we're going to bring in the estate planning attorney, Logan Phillips. He's been on previous podcasts and he's going to join us to give kind of an overview of that uh, SECURE Act and how it'll affect people who just as early as last year, some strategies that they can put into place to... From an estate planning perspective, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, we have Doug Mayer. Uh, CPA, who is going to talk about the tax implications and understanding, giving us a, a better understanding as to tax mapping, because, you know, you don't want to take it out all in one year, you know, and, and convert everything in one year to a Roth. I mean, that wouldn't make sense. You'd get crushed in taxes. So being able to stretch it out and, and understand, I, I mean, that's what wealth is, right? It's not what you make or what you save. It's what you get to keep. So coming up with that strategy to figure out how much you get to keep and pass on, that's key. And it's pretty important, Ed, just to give everybody an overview of kind of the the points that we touch on when we do a uh, complimentary visit here in our office. We do touch on tax mapping. We do touch on how people can give to the charity of that they love. So it is important that when you are sitting down to talk about your retirement, you think about it holistically, how everything right. comes into play. And yeah, um, that's that, those are steps four and five, tax planning and legacy planning. And that, that's a big part of putting your overall plan together, making sure that your, you know, uh, your family understands your wishes and, and you get to pass on as much as you want. And I think um, right now it, Ed is the retirement trainer, but if indeed you would like to come into our office and meet with Ed for a complimentary visit, it's 45 minutes to an hour, Ed. They come in, Mm -hmm. they basically go over kind of our process, what we do, and the way in which EGSI's team can help you. So um, if you would like more information, please feel free to go to our website at egsifinancial.com and take a look there. Thanks, Ed. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. You too. When was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 102. 0619.